Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquitted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep who have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut midstream. He was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had no wrong and had never deceived anyone. He was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When we see all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. You're listening to The Calling. If this sounds familiar, that's because I read this passage at the end of the Footpath episode a few weeks ago. And for those of you who are still unfamiliar, this is Isaiah chapter 53. But today, today's that remarkable day. He has risen. Amen? Today's the day we get to celebrate and acknowledge Christ's victory. The day the world changed and finalized our faith in a Messiah. This podcast particularly is not part of the Reaching Out series. It's more of a bonus message that has been laid on me this week as I studied the Word. It's not only appropriate for the season that we're in, but it's another reaffirm our faith moment. I hate, but also really appreciate second chances. I don't like the humbling experience of needing another opportunity to achieve something, needing that chance to make something right. But usually in reflection, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to try again. I remember hanging blinds in a window. My wife had ordered these particular custom-made blinds for a window that we had installed. It was really a pretty window now. The direction started with easy installation. Life experience, however, has validated that nothing is easy when I need to use a hand tool of any kind. Regardless, with a screwdriver in one hand and blinds in the other, I was ready. I also want to point out that my wife and I have been in a relationship for over 16 years. I may regret this later for the comparison of my relationship and blind installation, but just remember, I do what I do for you and your spiritual growth. So take a second and think, what are your thoughts on second chances? How determined are you to complete a task? You may be handier with a screwdriver, but I'm sure we can relate to a task that takes determination and resolve. Maybe it's a relationship, a job, a home renovation project. 
Point being, there are times in our life we don't get it right the first time. We make a mistake and as a result, we need a do-over. A second chance. With that, let us pause and invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts and refocus our minds to God's Word. We're going to review the resurrection of our Savior and we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 28 before examining why we had to go this route. In Matthew chapter 28, it is written, After the Sabbath, at dawn, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, He has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped at his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all give us an account of Jesus' victory here, his resurrection. Jesus defeats death. But the question I'm often asked, why did Jesus have to die to achieve this? Why did he have to go through this suffering? Why does Jesus continuously reference Scripture to justify what he would experience? And the answer is, we needed him to. Because he was part of the promise God has given us. Isaiah tells us in 53, particularly in verses 5 through 6, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our sin. And like sheep, we had strayed away. We had left God's path for our own, yet the Lord laid our sins on him. But to truly appreciate this sacrifice, we need to really understand what it took to be forgiven before Jesus. In Leviticus chapter 4, it explains a sin offering and and how the high priest is to conduct this. And within chapter 4, it states, Present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for the burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. He must remove these along with the kidneys, just as he does with cattle offered as a peace offering, and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. But he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, and carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean. And that place where the ashes are dumped, there, on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. So there's 
two things I want to point out here throughout this entire process. First, a sin offering only covers sins that have been committed or past sin, meaning that as soon as you sin again, and you will sin again, you would need to seek another sin offering and complete this process all over again, creating a never-ending cycle. And if you die before completing this ritual, well, that's not good. The second and probably the most significant point of emphasis here is that sin offering could only be completed by a high priest. You couldn't even take the offering yourself. You needed someone to intercede for you. To really drive the nail home, the high priest needed to practically be perfect. So perfect that I would wager today no one could identify within the standards listed in the Bible to be a high priest. If so, do you allow that emotion to change you? Maybe you're more of the positive Christian. You focus on the victory side of things. If that's the case, do you comprehend that you've been given a second chance? You've been given true freedom. So then ask yourself, what do you do with such a gift? As I started to hang these beautiful blinds, I would encounter hardships. By hardships, I mean the most frustrating hours of my life. Nothing was easy about this project. I was so angry that this entire process was supposed to be easy. I was ready to quit. It shouldn't be this difficult, I told myself as I paced around the room. I cussed, I yelled, and acted a straight fool. And yes, for those of you who have been listening, probably see the pattern on how I react when things don't go my way. Each time I would tantrum, I would try again. Something else would go wrong. The screw would strip out. Uneven brackets. You name it, I experienced it. Finally, I sat down and I read the directions again, and this time, more carefully. As it turns out, there are alternative brackets that I could use that actually fit the window. And through the struggle, I was given a chance to try to do it the right way. Much like my relationship with my wife. When we started to date in that February of 2005, we had that puppy love. We had that relationship newness, that man, this is easy feels that we had. We would soon realize that relationships are work and it's not always easy. And throughout the 16 years we've been together, I've needed grace and forgiveness. And most importantly, the power of Jesus Christ. I have done many things the wrong way. I have a multitude of mistakes, and to clarify, she didn't come with directions, but life does. The Bible provides us that guidance and direction that we desperately need, and I can say with confidence that our marriage would not have survived the rocky roads on continued sacrifices of livestock. Our world is full of encounters with hanging blinds. When we allow the situation, the task, the person, the whatever to affect the way we respond, the way we act, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. That's what today represents. Today is that day when our life struggles are defeated because that's what Jesus did for us. We've been given that second chance. Now here's the best part of it all. Ask yourself this, what happens every time you overcome something like blind installations or relationship troubles or life, whatever it is? Ask yourself, what happens every time you overcome? You go tell people. You tell everyone, don't you? 
I did. When I got those blinds up, oh buddy, I took pictures, I told my parents, I told my wife, I told strangers, I told people who didn't care. Didn't matter. I told everyone because through the struggle, when we achieve victory, we got to tell people. Today's the day we get to acknowledge Jesus' victory. He has overcome the world. And as we struggle with our individual and collective issues, take heart and go tell everyone the victory we have in Jesus. This week, I want you to spend time in prayer just thanking God for what he has given you. You are blessed in knowing the gospel. And it doesn't matter what you're going through because Jesus has already overcome it. And I'm not saying that to devalue the struggles that you have. I'm simply pointing you in a direction that there is a Savior right now who's saying, give it to me. I'm ready. Look what I have done. Knowing it doesn't make hanging the blinds any easier, but it does provide us reassurance that God is with us. And we have truly been forgiven. This week, reflect on your life and start making plans on how you will show God your appreciation for the salvation you've received through the sacrifice in Jesus Christ. And I challenge you to simply tell someone you believe in Jesus. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. God is calling you with another chance. Will you answer? Mm-hmm.